Three minutes after 12 is the time. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. I'd sometimes I get taken by surprise by Mystery Hour. It's a lovely surprise as well, I have to tell you. Because this is pretty much the most fun we have together uh, in the week. It is your regular opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio. Um, what happens is people ring in with questions. It's a bit more exciting than I make it sound. The best thing to do is to sort of suck it and see. But if you're new to it, it's, it's, it's a bit like the newspaper features, the magazine features, where someone writes in with a question and a few weeks later someone writes in with an answer. Except it's not just about the answer. It's about the fun we have on the journey. You know, so, so sometimes the journey is more important than the destination, isn't it? It's, it's like a road trip. Think of Mystery Hour like a road trip. We're all in the car together, bantering. And the destination is knowledge for which you may or may not be grateful at some subsequent point in the future. To get into the car, you need to dial 03... No, you don't. To get into the car, you just need to have your radio on. Um, to help me drive, you need to dial 03456060973. Is this even more torturous than the plumbing analogy in the first hour of the programme today? We've now turned Mystery Hour into a road trip with multiple drivers. Countless hands on the steering wheel. If you want to grab my steering wheel, you need to dial 03456060973 and then ask your question. Someone else listening to it will... Uh, almost certainly know the answer, and they will ring in and provide it. The rest of us, meanwhile, will enjoy the banter uh, and equally enjoy the enlightenment that comes at the end. Um, so who, why, what, where, when, whither, whence, wherefore. Try not to be boring. If it's a question that you can't really realistically imagine anyone else being interested in the answer to, then it might be a, um, a service to us all not to actually ask it. Um, and then you... I think that's it, isn't it? I'll ask what your qualifications are. You're not allowed to look stuff up, all right, either online or in books. Down with books. It's all about the knowledge that you have accrued over the years, and goodness knows how you've got it. So when I say qualifications, you don't have to say, I have a PhD in applied mathematics from the University of Oxford. You might say, I saw it on the telly last night, James. And both are equally valid. It's only a point of plausibility, not a point of sort of qualification. Um... I think that should cover it. Oh three four five. I'll only oh, sorry. I'll only say the number when I've got phone lines free, which is true in every hour on every day of the show. If you hear me say the phone number, it means I've got phone lines free. It's why many days you'll only hear me say it in the in the opening minutes of each hour or the opening quarter of each hour. But on mystery, it's a bit different because a lot of people who ring in and get through will be politely invited to ring off again because their questions are a bit rubbish. Try and take that on the chin, will you? And and don't don't shoot the messenger. Damien's in Windermere. Damien, you can kick us off this week. Question or answer? Hey, James. Uh, hey. Question, please. Carry on. Uh, basically, I watched the film last week, yeah. and when I was reading up about it, uh, I noticed that the CGI cost £150 million. Was it Avatar? And no, it wasn't. It was Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, I was just thinking, why does it cost so much if it's all computer-generated? And if I'm being rude, is it not just a bunch of geeks on computers? Well, that is a bit unnecessary. Ivan, Ivan, the studio engineer, who I think could be realistically described as a geek on a computer, he's shaking his head as if you've just asked the stupidest question ever. Is it it not stupid, really, though? But between between you and me, I'm on your side, mate. I don't get it either. I mean, you think to yourself, CGI, we could do that at home with an Apple Mac. Well, yeah. 150 million quid for the Pirates of the Caribbean CGI. If it's all done on computers, why do you need... Maybe you need really expensive computers, Damien. Have you thought of that? Well, yeah, I thought about that. You go and make a a pirate film on your Commodore 64 and get back to me (laughs) tomorrow. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that'll be it, and, probably. Uh, the hardware is really expensive. I don't know. Come on, I mean, 150 million. Well, yeah, let's is not it? get hung up on the 150 million. This isn't a bust during the Brexit campaign. Let's, let's sort of... You, you might need to buy specific kit. You need people. Well, maybe it's because I'm a child of the 80s and I was used to, like, Spectrums and Amigas. And you and me both. You and me, but no, I like the question. I think we've probably knocked at the door of the answer, but I want more detail. I want to know what I get for 150 million quid. Yeah, of course it is. I'll I'll put put it on. What was your favourite Spectrum game? Spectrum game? Ooh, ooh, Darkenoid. No, no, Dizzy. Magic Land Dizzy was a... Never played that. I never played that. I'd have gone for Chucky Egg for a platform game, or or Eureka by Domark, which is a little-known adventure game that I think changed... Changed everything, including one summer holiday in my life when I did nothing else. Damien, thank you, mate, and, and that was why I didn't do very well in my exams. Too much information. Judith is in Sunderland. Judith, question or answer? Hi, can I please ask a question? Of course you can. How polite. You don't have to be that polite. This is the James O'Brien <laughs> programme. You. you can be as rude as you want. Uh, so I would like to know, I got a puppy yesterday, me and my fiancé. Oh. Um, she's beautiful. She's absolutely amazing. What flavour is she? Um, she is a miniature dachshund. Oh, so she's she fits in beautiful. your pocket. What, so what have you called her? Poppy. Poppy the puppy. She's beautiful. And I would just like to know. Yes. I'm sitting watching her, like, sleep. Yes. Um, and she squeaks. She, I'm sure she's suckling. And in her she dreams. Has, like, little moans. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, does she dream? Do puppies and dogs dream? Well, I mean, it would be hard to know for sure. Mm. Wouldn't it? Because mm-hmm. it would involve a dog being able to tell you. <laughs> but they have, I think they've stuck electrodes to dogs' heads while they're sleeping, and they have mm-hmm. concluded that they do dream. We, I think we've answered this one before, but it's such a lovely question, and P- Poppy is so newly arrived in your home that I think we can revisit it. The answer is yes, but if you wanted me to prove it, I would struggle. Oh, I mean, I'm just happy that... Because you'll get, you'll get all sorts. Question. You'll get leg twitches, growls. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing in their dreams the same as we are. They might be chasing a rabbit. My little one, who has a very similar name to yours, actually, but I'm going to observe the Nick Ferrari school of never naming your dog on air. Um, oh my. My, my, my little one sometimes looks like she's running. And she's yeah, lying, when yeah. she's lying sideways and all four legs are going uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we've got I to just say yes. I could just sit and watch her. I literally could just sit and watch her. I'm getting nothing done at all. Well, well you've got me on the radio, so you're learning by osmosis. <laughs> You're right. Quite right. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for letting us on. No, thank it's, you. it's lovely. Should we share the round of applause? Because we both sort of slightly smitten yeah, with our dogs. If you told me I was going to end up being a dog lover five years ago, Judith, I would have laughed in your face. Have you always wanted oh, a dog? Always. Oh. Always. We just bought a new house and I thought, you know what, it's time. Life is good, eh? New house, new dog. Yeah. And now half of this. What a day. Oh, thank you very much. No, thank you very much. That was absolutely lovely. I tested Ivan then to see whether the old uh, button was working and he blew it. No warning, though. That's not really fair. That was, that was, li- that was really like a sort of throwing a hand grenade into the studio. Uh, Judith, thank you. So one day and one to go. CGI, why does it cost so much? We want to know. How come we can't do it on our ZX Spectrums? Matthew's in Stockport. Matthew, question or answer? It's question, please, James. Carry on, Matthew. I was wondering, um, is there a specific height or amount of floors that a building has to have to be considered a skyscraper? Oh, I like that. That's nice. <laughs> Isn't it? A skyscraper as opposed to just a tower block or a 
Just a building, yeah, or just yeah. a building, is it? So, we weren't probably, pro- do you know, it was probably a sort of uh, early incarnation of someone like Donald Trump who coined the phrase to sell apartments in a building that was just the same size as other buildings, but if he called it a skyscraper, it becomes like a marketing exercise, doesn't it? I wouldn't put it past him, to be honest. I don't think it was him. He doesn't have the imagination, but it, it was someone like him. Um, I, I'll put that on the list. Whereabouts in Stockport are you? I'm not. I've just recently moved to Media City, hence the question. So you're in Salford? Uh, in Salford Keys, yeah. Oh, with, there's a lot of new builds, a lot very high. They're not that um, high. Like, have you been to the Imperial War Museum yet? I have, yeah. What's it times, like? Yeah. What's it like? It's really good. They've got really uh, a good piece on now about, the obviously, the, the First World War, and there's a fantastic copy um, thing outside. Is there? It's beautiful. You should get the chance to go. If you I, get, I, it's if you on, get it's on my list. It really is. And, and I, I keep... I've been to the London one several times, but the Man- Manchester one, the Salford Keys one, people keep recommending to me. Right, you're on. I'll, I'll find out for you. How, how tall does a building have to be to be a skyscraper? It's 12 minutes after 12. The number you need to answer that question or to ask one of your own is 03456060973. Rick's in Basingstoke. Rick, question or answer? <laughs> Asking James, it's a question, please. Yes. I often, often find that children ask the best mystery hour questions, and they, my they eight-year-old do. is no is no different. And we usually manage to work them out together. But he asked me this one yesterday, and I didn't manage to remember it. He got a new watch, and he asked me, "What's the difference between water resistant and waterproof?" I don't know if there is. is the no, there, there is. I mean, I'm thinking out loud. What waterproof means you could essentially swim in it if it was tight enough well what did it, it was anything to do with you know, the total immersion and being yeah. you know, under under pressure yeah well, waterproof will admit no water water resistant will admit a lot less water than other stuff don't you think or not you're not going to take that are you <laughs> <laughs> not on a no i, I wouldn't i wouldn't oh that's quite an interesting echo i've got going on there asmr Oh, it didn't work. Rick, I will find out for you. Thank you very much. 12.13 is the time. Katie is in Islington. Katie, question or answer? Question. Carry on. So when you're in central London and you go to a pedestrian crossing and you press the button and you wait for the green man, mm. some traffic lights will have a grill over the green man. Yeah. So that when it lights, you can't actually see the green man unless you kind of wiggle around and try to catch a glimpse of green. Are you sure? On the, on, the, on the men? On the... On the the figures yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just the, the traffic lights for traffic. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Look out for it. I will, I will. And you want to know what the grills are for? I want to know why. Because all they seem to do is block your view and make it difficult to see the green man. And sometimes you even have to sort of guess on the basis that the red man's not lit. So I, I just wondered why... Are you sure that you're... you're are you generally, in, gen, generally encountering this phenomenon after you've perhaps had a few libations <laughs> i'm encountering it all the time i live near old street and, and all the pedestrian all the crossings around there have it so what, what are they for because they can't serve any yeah. obvious purpose can they i mean to stop them getting broken would that make sense Not i don't know what i thought is it to stop them getting dirty but then the grill gets dirty so it blocks it even more yeah 
Yeah, no, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's close. I was close to mocking you for a really boring question. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it's not the only person I could think of who might know the answer. Well, that, yeah, no, 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 fair enough. It's not me. It's not me that will know the answer. Hopefully, somebody listening will. Um, so, why does CGI cost so much? Given that it is just geeks with computers, how high does a building have to be to be a skyscraper? What's the difference between water resistant and waterproof? And why do the traffic lights for pedestrians? have grills over them. I, that's quite a nice little selection, actually. And it's only 12.15. This is LBC. It is 12.19. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. We have questions in need of answers, one of which, on reflection, I should have really been able to work out for myself. One of which I think I did get right, but I don't really have the qualifications to prove it. And one of which may not have an answer at all. Um, shall I tell you what they are, rather than teasing you like this? Yes, OK. Why does CGI... Computer-generated imagery, is it? Computer-generated images? Could cost so much, given that all you need is a computer and a room full of geeks. How tall does a building have to be to qualify as a skyscraper or a cloud scraper, as they call them in Germany? What's the difference between water-resistant and waterproof? That's the one which I think I've got right, but I need someone with better qualifications to go definitive. Uh, why do the pedestrian bits of traffic lights sometimes have grills over them? And that's the one I should have been able to work out for myself. But I didn't, so you can have a go. Simon is in Dudley. Simon, question or answer? It's an answer to your CGI question. Excellent. Um, Carry on. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, computer graphics, you know, whether we're talking about whether it's feature films or for computer games, it's highly specialised. You know, if you look at the credits for the average animated film or yeah. even a computer game, they run just as long as any big blockbuster film production. You have set designers, you yeah. have specialists in uh, animation of all kinds of different things. Yeah. So this, this all adds up, you know, and, and the actual uh, involvement, the actual time it takes to make, you know, really good computer animation is a very similar, uh, on a very similar level and timescale to a feature film, perhaps even longer. So, um, so, so the idea that it should somehow be cheaper is... It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of a fallacy, really. I mean, you can you know you can you can get pro you know apps for your computer which allow you to create good animation, and you might be able to make a short one, you know, a nice five minutes yeah. animation of a basic level um, that perhaps looks pretty good. When you scale up to something that you can go to the cinema to watch or that you can play on your. I don't know, PlayStation console or Xbox yeah. or whatever. Or, or in Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, you've got an entire fleet of ghostly pirate ships coming over the horizon, and every single one of them is painstakingly yeah. realised and, and beautifully yeah. depicted. And the idea that Chamo, who rang in, could have knocked that up on his ZX Spectrum you, is a little bit silly now that we think about it. It is, it is so specialised. There are specialists in clothing animation. <laughs> so, you know, this is the level that it yeah. goes to. Yeah, so, so then you've yeah. got, and I mean, then you've got lots of staff, lots of hardware, software, and, yeah. and then you've got the engineers to look after the hardware, and engineers to look after the software, programmers who are using it, coders who are writing it, yeah. and then you've got, then they're going to be in a building where you've got to pay rent, and they're going to need cleaners, and so yeah. the answer then becomes actually quite obvious, but in, it, in it, short, yeah. the answer is it's really, really tough, it's difficult it's to very, do. It's very, tough. <laughs> <laughs> very tough. Qualifications? <laughs> Okay. What are your qualifications? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm involved in video production, but I'm also a technology journalist as well. Oh, wicked. <laughs> so, cool. Well, that'll do. Uh, Round of applause for Simon. Yeah. <laughs> Great work. Great work. 22 minutes after 12 is the time. Someone sent me a picture of that game. 
that I mentioned. Eureka. That is lovely. God, that really, that's almost Proustian. That's like Proust's Madeleines, that is for me. That that was a, a, a significant period of my life where I did little else but play that game. It had a £25,000 prize, and I, I got strangely close to winning it. It, it, it was, I was about, I was about eight weeks behind the bloke that did win it. So, I mean, I wasn't that close, but the, the, I, I spoke to the people that worked at the software company and told them how far I'd got. And they said, yeah, you are on the right road. The trick was, if any, no one's going to be remotely interested in this, are they? But the trick, the point was that the game, it was a video game where you entered what you wanted to do, you know, like get cape, wear cape, fly, that type of thing. But it came with a little booklet of, of, of poems and pictures. And to solve the riddles that would have yielded the phone number that you rang to report the word that had popped out of the bottom of your calculations, the mistake I made was thinking that I'd get it all from the video game and that the little booklet was just a kind of side... In fact, the booklet was more important than the game. The game just gave you a key at the end of each stage, a five chapters set in different periods of British history. Nobody's interested in this, are they? Not even a little bit. Yeah. Plus a change. Where are we going first, Bradford or... Swan- Let's go to Swanscombe. Deborah's there. Deborah, question or answer? It's a question. Carry on, Deborah. When you go through security at an airport, they yeah. make you take off your belt, loose chains, sort of everything metallic, because you've got to go through the scanners. Yeah. So why is it when I go through the scanners, um, let's just say I'm a large lady and I have um, an infrastructure in my bra. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> ladies would know this. It's basically, they're called underwired bras. Yeah, men know that so as well, Deborah. Why, why, Honestly. <laughs> well, mine is an infrastructure. Um, yeah. So why do, why do you not go deep when you go through? Because it is actually quite a... You know, it's, it's like a because so you I saw your question on the board and I called a steward's inquiry when I saw that it had been knocked off. Really? And, uh, yes, and, and I was assured by my assistant producer that you do beep when you go through the gate. And I said, no, well, there's no way no. that she's beeping and not noticing, is no, there? No, I've never beeped when I've gone through. And I get assistance at the airport and I go through in a wheelchair as well. <sighs> Could, so why does an underwire bra not activate the metal detectors at yes, the airport? Yes, when they tell you to take everything else off. I'm not, please don't think I'm asking for them to take it off, but, you know, why doesn't it? Cause it's Are you sure? Maybe it, does, maybe it does go off, but they know what it is, so they don't ask you to take it off. But how do they know what it is? Because, because of the being, tone of the beep. The, <laughs> oh, that could be, yeah. Um, because obviously all your other stuff goes through so they can physically see it, can't they? Like um, yeah. uh, an x-ray, whereas they can't with your bar. No, maybe they can see it. Maybe they can see the... Um, not through the actual metal detector. That's all for sound only. Yeah, whereas the other thing where they make you take everything else off is for scanning reasons. Yeah. That's why they make you take your um, shoes off. Yeah. Because they can see in the shoes, because my son, who's sitting listening to this in Ealing, hi Chris. Oh, he's um, not embarrassed by you at all, Mum. My mum has just rang LBC to talk about her enormous <laughs> bra. No, no, because he was the one that said to me, because I said to him, why do you take your shoes off? Yeah. And he said, because obviously you can hide things in heels of shoes. Yes. But so, why don't... Yes, okay, no, why. I mean, this is you know, the underwire bra and the airport metal detector. Someone will know the answer. It may not be the answer you want. You may have missed something, but we should get something by close of play. Shall I say hi yeah. to Chris as well? Yeah, go Hi, on. Chris, mate. <laughs> Take care. Do what your mother tells you, Chris, all right? Seriously, and tidy your room. It's 26 minutes after 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. That's nice. That's like my mum listening in Kidderminster, Chris listening in Ealing, and mum listening in Swanscombe. Carl's in Bradford. Carl, question or answer? It's an answer, mate. Carry on, mate. Uh, I'm actually from York. I'm just working in Bradford. Okay. It's the traffic signal uh, 
answer. Yeah. About the, the louvers on the green night. The louvers, get you, eh? We were just yeah. saying grills. <laughs> the Go. louvers, and uh, to stop read-through. Ah. So you only get them on multiple crossings. So if you're at one side of a crossing and you can see another crossing which is on a different phase, you won't get the read-through. So that a driver might get a glimpse of green and think it's meant for him and then and then go. So you put the grills there so that you can you have to be quite near and specific to that light in order to see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never get them on reds. No, that's strong. Strong play. Um, qualifications? A traffic signal engineer. Whoa. Yeah. How many, are, how many traffic signal engineers are there in the country, do you think, roughly? Oh, there's a few. There's uh, yeah, a few. but what, hundreds, thousands? A couple of hundred. And and your job is literally to, to, to sort out traffic signals? Yeah, make sure they're working, make sure they're running. Yeah, you get you one know? of these. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening <laughs> to James O'Brien on LBC. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. And And, of course, you also get one of these. Oh, thank you so much. Nice right. So, so the good people of Bradford today will be moving more easily through the through the streets and avenues of Bradford as a result of your hard work and toil. Not really, because they're all run by UTC, <laughs> and then they're all computerised. So, <laughs> yeah. Twenty-seven minutes after twelve, the Ray Liotta for people who are not familiar with that little award is for people whose qualifications to contribute to the program. It doesn't only happen on Mystery Hour. Are exceptional. Um, it's it's arbitrary because it's, it's in my gift, but that that was a nice one. I enjoyed that one a lot. Sam's in Limehouse. Sam, question or answer? Hi, James. I think I've got an answer to the watch question. The what? Um, what the what? What question? The watch and the water resistance. The water oh, he wasn't proof. talking about watches. He he, he was. Oh, I, t- I, it, no, he was talking about everything, clothes and everything, waterproof and water resistant. But no, your answer. No, I checked with the girl. I thought, did he say watches? The and girl. Then I Mate, hashtag me did. too. You checked with my colleague. Not the girl. Yeah. Honestly, no, it's no, 2018, no, dude. Have, Come on, bro. I, I Woman. May have, uh, sorry, with an X. Woman with an X. Um, that's all right. Answer, answer <laughs> the question. It might work. It might still yeah, work. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. So, with watches, um, as far as I know, waterproof means 100% sort of guaranteed uh, no water. So, I think technically watches aren't... Um, uh, aren't waterproof. There are various levels of water resistance, which is done by the depth thing. That they can so, go. Oh, you're um, not, mate. You're wasting. You're wasting both our time on this. Oh no! That's all right. It's not your fault. It's, 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 it's the woman's fault. Putting, for putting you through because it was about it was asked by a child, and it must be about the clothes. The difference between water resistant clothes and waterproof clothes. I don't know, maybe. That's right, I'm going to... I, well, I, I, I think you... Uh, maybe you did get the answer. <laughs> no, I, well, I think I've already answered it, but I, I don't have the qualification. Yeah, yeah, well, anyway, what are your answer, qualifications yeah. to answer the question that we, no well, one's asked? Maybe why it went into my brain, so I uh, just started working in a little watch shop. And I used to... Uh, the watches aren't particularly expensive, and I know they're not good for scuba diving, but they say 50 metres on them. And I used to think 50 metres meant you can scuba dive in them all day long. But it doesn't. 50 metres no, like... you're on, but that's, as much, that's more to do with pressure. That's more to do with pressure yeah. than it is to... No, I mean, I, I've enjoyed talking to you, Sam, but you're not, you're not getting anything out of this exchange, mate. Good luck in the new job, mind you. It's coming up to... Russell Kane was... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that story another time. It's coming up to one o'clock. Thomas Watts is here now with the headlines. It's 12.35. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we continue with Mystery Hour. Before that, do you think I would be able to knit together the first two hours of today's programme with a single quote from Blackadder? Yeah, you're damn right I can. 
Okay, so the second hour of the conversation was about why we should teach the bad bits of history to British children. The first hour of the conversation today was about the mess that British politics has become, largely as a result of people voting without having any understanding or knowledge of facts. And here is General Melchett talking about the First World War in Blackadder Goes Forth. If nothing else works, a total pig-headed unwillingness to look facts in the face will see us through. And that, in a nutshell, is where we currently are regarding Brexit. So, studying history <laughs> helps you understand modernity and increases the likelihood of you avoiding repeating the same mistakes. Didn't really work out that well for us. Let's get back to mystery hour. It's a lot more palatable. Nathan's in fleet. Nathan, question or answer? Oh, hi there, James. A question, please. Carry on, Nathan. I'm doing a charity boxing match on Saturday. Oh, careful. And I was just... I was just wondering, um, why is a boxing ring called a ring if it's a square? Yeah, I know this. I, 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 I never know whether people like it when I answer questions or whether they prefer it to go on the board and, and, and get a bit of, you know, movement, a bit of traction going. But you don't have any say in the matter because I'm an inveterate show-off and if I know the answer, I'm always going to claim my round of applause. It used to be a ring. So if you went back, <laughs> to, if you went back to when boxing was first formalised in about the 18th century or possibly a little bit earlier, it would... They, they draw a ring on the ground into into which the fighters would go. But more, I think, easier to understand is the fact that the ring would be made of people. So if you're yeah. if if the people are the the boundaries of the fighting, it would be almost impossible for them to stand in a square. But of course, yeah. when they started doing it on a raised platform, so they could sell tickets, then they wouldn't. It would have been almost impossible to do it in a ring because you'd have bars every couple of stages, and rather than corners, and people would be banging into whatever stanchion you were using to support the the ropes so it simply morphed from a ring to a square known of course as squaring the circle got it yeah squaring the circle and that is why it is still called the boxing ring which is also why and that would have happened in about i think the first half of the 19th century when boxing became increasingly popular and that is where the phrase ringside seat entered into popular parlance as well nathan Cool, thanks for that, cheers. You're very welcome, round of applause for me. Oh, hang on, come back, come back, come back, come back. When, where are you fighting? Where are you fighting? I'm fighting in Portsmouth. Uh, who are you fighting against? I'm fighting a guy called Ben Standen, yeah. and it's for a charity, um, Football for Cancer. Football. They, um, where can people but, find out more if people want to make a donation or something like that? Because uh, um, I don't normally do this on the programme, but if you're going to get punched in the head, I think it's the least <laughs> I can do. Can I tweet a link to yourself, James? Of course you can, uh, and then I'll retweet it. I'll retweet it later. Nice one. Good good luck, Nathan. Keep your head head down and your guard up. It's 12.38. Imran's in Sutton. Imran, question or answer? Uh, Anime, it's uh, it's actually an answer. Bring it. Let's go. I'm here. Go. Lovely. Okay, right. So, What are you doing, Imran? uh, The x-ray machines and stuff. Have I got your undivided attention? Have I got your undivided attention now? No, no, you have. You certainly have. So right. I just have to run up some stairs. But Go on. yeah, so basically to do with them, um, the bra lady and all that sort of stuff. So the answer is that all machines have uh, different settings. Yes. So you can rack up, rack up the settings and it will pick up absolutely everything like um, sort of piercings and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, or you can whack it down uh, and, it'll, and it'll pass through smaller, smaller objects. So depending where you are, depending what your needs are, you can have different settings. So airports... Uh, government buildings, that sort of stuff, will have different settings, basically. So, yeah, that's that's your answer. So, sometimes would a bra set off a, an alarm? It's just that Deborah's never yeah. I- encountered it herself. It would, it, it would do. It would do. It, as I said, it depends on the settings of the machine. So, it depends what you know the location is, and what sort of you know level they want to set it at. Depends how tight they want the security, basically. That's, yeah. that's um, 
essentially what it is. Qualifications? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I worked for Metropolitan Police, uh, and part of my job before was uh, using X-ray equipment, so I used to search people, that sort of stuff. Uh, not anymore, but yeah, I used to do that. That's pretty convincing. Round of applause for him, Ron. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Good work. James is in Slough. James, question or answer? Hello, question please, James. Hang on, I just need to run through what questions we're still looking for answers to, because I've just glanced at the clock. Don't go away, James, I'll be right with you. How high does a building have to be to be a skyscraper? What's the difference between water-resistant and waterproof? That's it, actually. We're doing pretty well. Sorry, I don't know why I got... I I don't know why I panicked. James, what is your question? Uh, My question is, how high does an aeroplane or a spacecraft have to go off the Earth's surface before it can't use a compass anymore for navigation? I, I know this. Twice as high as a skyscraper. And how high is that? Ah! <laughs> you found the floor in my rhetoric. <laughs> how high? Wh- why would a compass stop working? Because the, the poles are no well, longer. You a space, yeah, it's in a spaceship, and you said uh, and they're going to the moon, and you said turn north, turn back to the North Pole, and Earth, wouldn't it? So. I, 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 I'm not very good at these sort of questions because the, the, the kind of spatial imagination that you need to have to picture what you're currently picturing, I can't really picture. So I, I <laughs> understand. You got a friend who's a professor. <laughs> He's in Russia though at the moment. I don't know if he'll be listening. He's on a mission. I will. Um, I, I'll put it on the board, and and I, I kind of understand it. But the more I think about it, the less I understand it. Okay. Well, hopefully someone else understands uh, what I mean. Exactly that. <laughs> so how high do you have to go before your compass would stop working? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right, you're on. Mind how you go, James. Nice question. Is that is that the three then? We have got skyscrapers, waterproof compasses. Anything else? Anything else? Anyone? Skyscrapers, waterproof, water resistant, and compass. When would your compass stop working? Is there anything else on the list? Do dogs dream? I did that. I answered that one myself. I think we're all right. Mark's in Ipswich. Mark, question or answer? Oh, it's a question, James. Carry on. I, I was getting all excited when you did that melt shit. But I thought, oh, I'm obviously going to be on next. James, being the professional he is, he's going to link. He's going to link what the uh, what the, the historical oh, thing of General Melchett and everything. No, you can but, see no. what your mistake was there, can't you, Mark? Yeah, uh, James, being the professional away. he is, mate, that's where it all started <laughs> falling to pieces. I will, however, conclude from that observation that your question is of a military flavour. It is indeed. Um, British Tommies. Yes, as you know, is is the name for a uh, for soldier uh, for for a long, long time. Yes, I want to know where did this come from? Tommy Atkins. Why are they called Tommy? Tommy Atkins. Who's Tommy Atkins? Who's I don't Tommy think Atkins? he existed. It's a generic name for 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 First World War. Um, I thought it was a Kipling poem. This is when you ask me what my qualifications are. I thought it had something to do with <laughs> Rudyard Kipling, so I looked it up, and it doesn't. It, it is just a generic term for a soldier. Tommy Atkins is like Joe Bloggs, except soldiers. Ah. Atkins isn't the most common name, though, is it? No. Or maybe it was then, I don't know. No, I don't know, actually, why it would... There is a Kipling poem called Tommy. Oh, is it... Is it mm. I've got my Kiplings mixed up on this. Maybe it did begin with Kipling. But I don't know. Mm. But it, the answer is it's a generic term for, for, for a British soldier, and, it, and Atkins is the surname that he would have had. If, if it is an origins question, someone else is going to ring in and talk about rudyard kipling but i'm pretty sure when i looked it up it was not a pub there's a poem about a tommy there's a rudyard kipling poem about tommy but i don't think it was 
Why am I burbling like this live on the radio, Mark? And especially I, I, within I, minutes of you describing me as a professional. As a professional, yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, if that's the complete answer, I'll take a round of applause later. If there is another explanation as to where Tommy Atkins came from, then I'll, I'll give the yeah. round of applause to that person. But but it is, it is an answer. Why are British soldiers known as Tommy? Because Tommy Atkins is a generic term for a British soldier dating back to the First World War. Right. Okay. Well, well, I'll sit by the radio and listen. That's always a good idea, Mark. Always a good idea. Twelve forty-three is the time. Liam is in Worcester Park. Liam, question or answer? <laughs> Hello there, James. It's a uh, question. Carry on. Right. Why is it on advertisements for watches the time is always ten to two on every other ever I see for watch? It's always ten to two on the face. I've yes. thought, why? Think about it. Have you noticed that? Think about it. A smiley face. Yeah. Is that is as simple as that? Yeah. Are you sure? Um, I, yeah. What's your qualifications? Uh, we've done it about seven hundred times on Mystery Hour, but I'm working with newish colleagues, so I'm not going to I'm not going to kick off about uh-huh. it. Yeah, I mean, oh, it looks it, it looks symmetrical as well. The human brain likes likes symmetry, and there's no danger of the branding or the um, uh, you know other bits and bobs on the watch face or the clock face of being obscured by the hands. But it is just pleasing to the human eye to see it at ten past ten or ten to two. Oh, fair enough. I'll give you a round of applause. Well, thank you very much, Liam. <laughs> oh, you know, he spotted. He was giving me one himself. That's the first. Yeah, I, I think that was sad. That's lovely. That way. Oh, mate. After all these years, finally. You're waiting all day for that. Oh, yeah. I can't do it again. Uh, Happy days. Happy you days. Well, you, thank you, Liam. Good man. It's quarter to one. Twelve forty-nine is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Um, how high does a building have to be to qualify as a skyscraper? What's the difference between waterproof and water resistant? And how high into the sky would you need to go before your compass stopped working? I like those questions. Um, why are British soldiers known as Tommies? I, I, I'm correct about Tommy Atkins, and as far as I can tell from texts and tweets coming in, there is no consensus on where it began, although I may have misspoke when I said it seems to have originated in the First World War. I've got one claim um, that it goes back as far as the American War of Independence. Uh, I think that's it. So we could probably squeeze in one or two more questions. Let's get some answers on the board first. Stuart's in Cheshire. Stuart, question or answer? I've got an answer for you, James. Carry on, Stuart. You sounded like you had something a little bit inappropriate for me, the way you said that. I've got an answer for you, James. Did did you tap your nose and hold open the flap of your overcoat as you said I've got something for you, don't you? I've got got an answer for you, James, my friend. I'm not so creative, I'm afraid. (laughs) What What is it? Uh, Basically, it's sort of waterproofing. Uh, Waterproof or water-resistant. Yeah. For a product to be uh, waterproof, sorry, it needs to withstand 1.5 metres of water pressure uh, directly to the actual fabric. And that's a, that's a hose to, when you say pressure. Basically, the way it was explained to me was it because I used to work in an outdoor shop and I had the guys in to train us. That's my qualifications on yeah. what what was the difference. Was uh, if you used like a tube and you placed it against the fabric yeah. and then filled it up with water to 1.5 yeah. meters or above. Wow. Um, called oh, a hydrostatic head, I believe. That's right. Called. Yes, it is. Yeah. God, I did that in school. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. And then what you've also got to do to make a garment waterproof, that was a legal definition, was to tape the seams of the garment. So any stitching or embroidery, it had to be taped on the inside. Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, so that's the difference between Uh, waterproof and water resistant. Well, hang on. And what would water resistant mean? Just something something that's not not wool? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, it was when we were selling cheap jackets, they would uh, waterproof the fabric, you know, make it really waterproof on the inside, but they wouldn't tape the seams because it it was quite labour-intensive and it cost a lot more money. 
So one of the things what we used to do, the same with tents as well, we'd give a seam ceiling, it was like a silicon seam ceiling. Oh, really? Put it over the seams and you could kind of walk-proof up a jacket yourself for less money. So there's probably no legal definition of water-resistant then? Not as far as I know. But, but you would need to observe the rules you've just described to describe it as waterproof. Yeah, it was the same for tents and anything else what you wanted to describe tents, as waterproof yeah, as well. And, and this is because you were working in, a, in an outdoor shop? Yeah, well, I used to be the manager of an outdoor shop and he used to get the guys in to train us on what the, um, what the product actually done because it's quite high-end product, so yeah, well, we had well. to know how to sell it. Yeah, I've done cool. the mosquito question as well uh, about a year ago. What was and that? that was for the same reason. But about the, the why netting. mosquitoes... No, why they bite some people more than they bite other people. Oh, was it? And it's all to do with form- pheromones. Pheromones. Yeah, Mate, this, so this is your double? I'm afraid it is, yeah. Okay, Thank right, you mate. very much. No, sweet. Nicely done. 12.52 is the time. Lee is in Durham. Lee, question or answer? Uh, hi, Jim. Great show. Uh, answer on the compass. How high do I have to go before it stops working? The point at which you leave the Earth's atmosphere and enter the stratosphere, because there is no gravitational pull to give you the two poles. When's that, then? The point at which you leave the Earth's yeah, atmosphere... Yeah, but where, where, how high is that? How high is the Earth's atmosphere? It varies, depending on whereabouts on the Earth you are. The different levels. Uh, but ball, it's, ballpark? It's, you enter the, sorry, say again? Ballpark? Uh, it's about five miles. So it's not that. So, but, so you would, it would start working five miles up? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. But, it, 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 but the, the, the definition is when you leave the Earth's atmosphere and you've got no gravitational pull. Perfect. Qualifications? Uh, I'm learning to be a pilot, and I asked my instructor. Really? Commercial or just yeah. for fun? Just for fun, just as a hobby. Fantastic. I had a dream about parachute jumping last night. Yeah, just, All right, well, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a tweet when I'm ready and you yeah, come let, and jump on mine. <laughs> let me know. Yeah, There's a little tribute to Brexit. <laughs> little tribute to Brexit, Lee. I might do it without a parachute. It's 12.53. You are listening to Mr. Um, that's a lovely one. That, did he get his round of applause? <gasps> no, 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 no. Get him back. Bring him back. Not having it. That's not fair. That's me trying too hard to do a Brexit joke and I've denied the fellow his round of applause. We're not having that. Have we got his number still? Can we get him back? Please, because I, I hate to leave business unfinished like that. But especially if I'm going to get in his plane one day, he might, he might, the last thing I need is for him to have a grudge. Peter is in Thirsk. Hello, Peter. Question or answer? This time last year, James, yes. you answered a question about conkers, because I asked, why don't squirrels eat conkers? Yes. And you explained it's because they're poisonous. Yes. And, and in fact, you yes. rewarded yourself with a round of applause, no less. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you please explain why yes. two juvenile squirrels yes. are burying conkers in my lawn yes. and my flower bed? Yes, because they don't know they're poisonous yet. So oh, soon right. As, There's so a they sort of squirrel dig- school they go No, to. they will dig up a conker, they will have a little nibble, and they will realise that it is disgusting, and they will never bury a squirrel again. So the most crucial word in your uh, question was, in fact, juvenile. Oh, right. You wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I, you wouldn't yeah, catch an old squirrel. You wouldn't describe- catch an old squirrel doing that, Peter. No, once their mums taught them properly... They know they're nuts. <laughs> you have a good day, sir. Thank you. Round of applause for me. <laughs> and speaking of applause, Lee, I am so sorry, mate. Sorry, James. I know you're in a tight ship and you're against the clock. And, no, uh, no, 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 no. Not good she, enough. Sheila's in the wings kicking the, you out the seat, so the, I, this I is appreciate you, that. This is for you, Lee. Thank you. Good, good man, and good luck with the, with the flying. Good luck. I don't know who you're going to wish more luck to, the fellow who's learning to fly or the fellow who's having a charity boxing match on Saturday. Deborah is in Ascot. Deborah, question or answer? Oh, hello. Yes, hello. James, I've got a question for you. Actually, it's my son's question. Excellent. Um, he's 21 and he's listening at work. He's 21? Um, yes, he is. It's normally about eight when someone rings in and says, it's a question for my son. <laughs> I know, but 
but he, he can't make a call from work. Fair so, enough. Um, right. well, what a lovely mum you are. Carry on. <laughs> I know who I am. He keeps telling me. Yeah. So um, the question is, who decides whose face or what is put on the face of a coin in circulation? As in the words and the decorations and the little slogans and what have you? As in the pictures, yes, that kind of thing. I think the Royal Mint does, but in conjunction with the monarch, probably. But I don't know. What time is it? 12.55. So hopefully, I'll stop waffling and I'll get the question <laughs> up. And hopefully, what's your son's name? Rory. Hopefully, we can get an answer for Rory before one o'clock. If not, then I give me a nudge it. and we'll try and put it back on the list next week. I always forget to do that if people don't give me a give me an answer. Deborah, thank you very much. 12.55 is the time. Um who decides what goes on coins? Quickly, quickly, ring in, quickly, for Rory. It's for Rory. Tell us a story. 0345 Uh-oh, Professor Hall is here. I thought you were in Russia. No, I'm at the airport, mate. Oh, all right, mate. Carry on. Question or answer? Um, no, I'm not having that gravity one with the compasses. The compasses He's a flipping pilot, with... Hal. Oh, I'm a flipping professor, James. Oh, right. The fact of the matter is, it's nothing to do with gravity whatsoever. It's everything to do with two magnets lining up. The magnet of the compass and the magnet of the Earth internal iron-containing compounds going round. Yes. So do you remember last week I said F equals GMM over R squared? The yeah, same thing applies to that. The further away you get, it decreases exponentially. So Yeah, but it would decrease completely by the time you got to the uh, outer reaches of our atmosphere. But it's nothing to do with gravity and everything to do with um, mag- mag- the magnetic force, which is an other fundamental force of which there but are It must force. have something to do with gravity because that's... It's got nothing it's got whatsoever. Nothing I'm so very sorry. No, all right. Anyway, Putin's calling me on the other line, mate. So Who I'll is? Vladimir. Oh, all right. Be careful, won't you? I won't make any fitties of fitties. I mean it, because so. no, I know what you're like. Just be very careful, all right? There's relations between Russia and the United Kingdom are the worst they've ever been, and, and on this occasion, I'm not sure I could get you out. <laughs> Thank you, James. I'd have to channel your granddad, wouldn't I? You would. You absolutely would have to do that. Who, who is Professor Hale's granddad? Only the commander of the Polish 1st Independent Parachute Brigade, immortalised in film as Professor Hale? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. By Gene Hackman. In? A bridge too far. This is for people... Do you know what? We've fallen into a trap lately, Hal, of presuming that everybody's been around for as long as you and I have. But they haven't. I told the story about the, uh, what was it like yesterday, and there was a whole new world of people who'd never heard it before. Coming up soon, the chocolate orange story and the Chinese restaurant. Professor Hal, bon voyage, round of applause. I'm not taking Lee's away, though, because I liked him. Lawrence is in Isha. Lawrence, question or answer? Answer, sky, the skyscraper. What is the definition of a skyscraper, Lawrence? The first skyscraper was the Flatiron Building in Union Square, New York. After that, any building that was higher was called a skyscraper. So it's not a function of feet and feet and inches. inches. Qualifications? Go to New York a lot. Are you sure you haven't looked anything up, Lawrence? Oh, come on. Well, I'm your favourite dentist. I, you know, I know, my favourite retired dentist, actually. Okay. I, no, I, I don't want to alienate the people who actually look after my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you are my favourite retired dentist, but this is a very odd nugget of knowledge to have plucked out you, of the you ether. Know, uh, after being to New York many times and looking at this wonderful building, you ask, what was it? And it was the first skyscraper. Yeah, I like it. I like and it. And what I'm going to do... after that was called a skyscraper. Have you seen Gladiator, Lawrence? film yeah yeah i'm now going to put sheila fogarty in the role of joaquin phoenix and with with the use of only her thumb she is going to decide whether you get a round of applause or not i'm really glad i don't have to speak for once uh, he was caesar wasn't he yeah yeah oh, 
Obviously. There we go, Lars. The Empress. Thank you. you have a lovely day. The Empress has spoken. Same yes. to you. That's it from me for another day. We will do it all again tomorrow from 10. And now the Empress mm. strikes back. The power, the power of the thumb. Thank you, James. Uh,